I'm Emma G. Rose, author of Contemporary Fantasy and Mythological Weirdness. I'm Shelley Shearer, author of Urban Fantasies and Cozy Mysteries. Welcome to Indie Book Talk. Join us as we explore the expanding universe of indie books. Welcome to Indie Book Talk. Today we're talking to Stormy Lewis, the author of the Sophie Lee Trilogy, a plot-twisting thriller mystery, and the host of Bookish Chatter a podcast about books and writing and being an author, kind of like ours. So that's cool. So Stormy, tell us, well, first of all, I heard a rumor that despite the fact that you have like an actual life and do things, you somehow managed to write books, write and publish books in six months or less. Yes. I can usually write them working a full-time job and helping take care of the OG Storm Chaser, who has cardiovascular dementia, um, and I can still write it in about a month. Takes me as long to edit, and then I just play for the last four months. <laughs> I'm a marketing major, so I I love the you know coming up with Instagram posts and things like that. But I do a lot of things to help keep my sanity because. I battled with bipolar disorder, ADHD, and chronic anxiety. And after the pandemic, my ADHD and anxiety definitely increased. So for me, I have to be very careful. And it's all about the theory of balance, my attempt to have balance. <laughs> wow, that is amazing, though. I mean, do you just sit down and just just pants it or do you plot it out and then write it? Yeah. So I, um, I plan every aspect of my life as much as possible, (laughs) but when it comes to books, I just can't do it. So this is my first fiction and it book. And it's also my first fiction trilogy. And so when I was writing the key, it was very chronological and kind of it it tells itself. Um, Usually it tries to tell itself right before I'm trying to go to bed because, you know, that's convenient. Um, But so just for example, like my work schedule was seven to three thirty, seven a.m. to three thirty in the afternoon. I would grab some dinner and then I would say, okay, I'm going to write from four to six, six thirty at the latest, um, because I also have to kind of shut things down and give myself a couple of like an hour or two to decompress to get some sleep. Um, and then I always had two days off. So one day I would be with my parents and Nana and the other day I would get about four or five hours of writing. Um, And yeah, I was able to knock it out in about a month. So for me, I'm not the one that will say I have to do a word count or a page count every day because I tried it and I hated everything I wrote. (laughs) (laughs) I ended up a lot of pressure. Yeah, it's, it's too much for me. So I go by time slots and I celebrate everything that I do, whether it's only five words in those two hours or whatever, um, or it's over a thousand every day is a win. Um, and I just celebrate everything I can because why not? (laughs) I love that. Definitely. But I do have certain things that I'll think about and I'll go, okay, I want to touch 
on this and this and this. And so I was leaving, um, I was trying to pull a Taylor Swift on leave Easter eggs in the first one. <laughs> and it worked great. But, um, and those things still remain. But it's funny because I'll start writing the story. And it's just one of those things where I'm like, oh, okay, we're going this way now. Okay, fine, I guess, you know. Um, And I just find that if I really just let it, the story writes itself. So I don't put too much pressure. There's certain things. And now when I sat down to write the second, my parents have become very involved. It's become a family affair. And my mom gave me a checklist of all the things she wanted to see in the protector. And... So I had certain things that I had to kind of work around, but it's funny how like what's going on in your real life kind of spills into your books. So there is a dream realm in the first book where Sophie's parents got killed when she was young, but they can still kind of access her through her dreams. And I think that was a lot to do with the fact that I call her the OG storm chaser because she's the original But uh, my Nana, we found out she had the cardiovascular dementia and um, that she would, time was running out for her. And so, but I honestly thought it was going to be like a one and done and call it a day. And then she started to get worse. And now she's in hospice care at at my parents' house. And then suddenly the dream realm grew and more people were coming into it. And there was a council of death and there were rules and regulations. And like, and I just, I was surprised, but it's, it's actually been not only a way for me to kind of always know that she'll always be with me, even if she's not physically here anymore. And I really wanted to share that message and reminder with my readers but it's made it such an epic story. <laughs> this uh, this motivation sounds really familiar because um, one of the things in my first novel, I, I tell people that I I made a place for the people I've lost to keep living, you know, to to be and to not be far away from me. Uh-huh. Um, and so I feel like you're kind of doing the same thing, like you're you're building this space for her so that she's always there. Yeah, And you can always kind of reach for her and say, okay, here she is. Yeah, I really like that because it's been really hard um, because like stories, that's what she holds on to the most. And she gave me my love of stories and my love of books. And one of the memories she could tell you every day and she would tell you multiple times throughout the day. But her favorite thing to remember was how she used to read to me, but she would fall asleep while she was reading and I would giggle and wake her up because I'd tell her, you're not supposed to fall asleep. I am. (laughs) And that was one of her favorite memories. So, um, yeah. So like uh, she used to work at a grocery store and she raised four, four boys as a single woman um, when it was beyond taboo. And so, you know, we've kind of always been on the poorer side and, but she would take her extra money. And for whatever reason they were selling one month, they do one book from the um, little house on the prairie series. So she would take all of her extra money and she purchased me the entire set as it came out. So that is something that I will always have with her is the love of books and the love of stories. So that's awesome. 
So I'm looking, I'm looking here at your, I'm looking at your website while we're talking and I see you have the key and you have the protector is in pre-order. So is that out already? The protector? Uh, it, it comes out May 14th. Um, oh, cool. Okay. So by the time this airs, it will be, have just come out. Probably. Yeah, it'll, it'll just be out. Um, it comes out on May 14th and then dead draw will be the last one and it will come out for my birthday again in November. Now, do you have that third book planned or are you just letting the characters go where they will? So the thing is, is that um, it too has started to write itself, but in the process <laughs> of writing the key, my father, <clears throat> who I love dearly, kept asking me a lot of questions. And then when I published mine, he asked if I would help him publish a book for him that he could write for my niece and nephew. And so he wrote it. I am in the process of editing it and doing everything and I'm going to publish it for him. But now he's somehow finished a second one. And, <laughs> and I have created really? a monster. Like, <laughs> love these things. Yeah. So um, I went from publishing two books to four. And then um, since Nana has been in hospice, I really wanted to take the opportunity to share her legacy and her love of stories. So I have been developing CS Press, where it's actually a pro-author publishing company. So you'll have more creative control and you'll get higher royalties. Um, I will, uh, I'll help as if you need it, but for the most part, it's really just about giving them that publisher name and giving them a wider distribution. Cause I know what it's like to be that self author and, have that mm -hmm. epic story and trying to get it into as many hands as possible. So this will be kind of her, my gift, you know, from her to everybody else. So I've been working on that on the side as well. So. Wow. So you're doing everything, everything. Okay. Yeah, so <laughs> Pretty you much. All yeah. Your own <laughs> editing and everything. Um, for the publishing company, I will most likely um, bring in an editing team. I, I Editing for me is the one part of the process that is nails like a chalkboard. Mm -hmm. I can do other people's, my, my own, I think, because my brain is constantly fixing it for me. That's why I, I don't ever trust anything I write. I give it to somebody else because <laughs> I don't know if my ADHD brain is like so far in left field that it needs to be pulled back to <laughs> center field. Um, so yeah, I'm looking to build an actual supportive team. I already have my cover guy um, that makes my epic covers. And so yes, I will be it'll be an actual publishing company with a team to help other authors get their stories out. So with you publishing so quickly, your editor and your book cover person can get those back to you that quickly for your, your books to go to publication? Uh, yeah. So I haven't um, paid an editor. It's just been me, my dad, and some go-to friends that are super awesome at the English language. And so uh, they wanted to test it because they wanted to add it to their resume. And I was like, heck yeah, because yeah. I still live on the paying back the expensive pieces of paper I have earned through a out the year diet. <laughs> but the uh, cover guy, yeah, I usually get it within 24, 48 hours. He's awesome. So fabulous. 
Yeah. And I usually do that early. And then I also, OSM Productions usually makes my um, book trailers and they're just on Instagram. And that's fun. It looks like the movie that I want it to be one day. And it's, it doesn't cost, it's very cost effective. And, you know, you use that for your marketing and it pays for itself within the first, because everybody's like, this is so cool. And I'm like, I know. And then I use it as my theme song every day. So when I'm feeling a little kind of meh, I just play the book trailer and I get all pumped up. Nice. Well, I haven't really looked much into book trailers. Are they becoming more prevalent now? I, I've i noticed even Nora Roberts has a book trailer for her nice. book. So you know when she does it. Because <laughs> she's, she's always the one that kind of fights everybody and is like, you don't need it. But yeah, she has a book trailer on her website. <laughs> and you get a lot of good feedback from it? So much. So it was fun because the key is more kind of mystery. and But by the time you get to the protector, she is really taking all of her gifts and turning them into assets instead of viewing them as curse. Um, so it is very pounding and yeah, it gets me pumped up every time. So, <laughs> so I want to, I want to go back here to this kind of your, your process. So you say the stories write themselves. So you don't, you haven't really had like a plot. You just sort of sat down and wrote it. Yeah. I, um, I had an idea. So Sophie was my version of an imaginary friend, only I never really had another friend. It was always just me kind of wanting to be more badass than I actually was. And so this was a story that just kind of played out in my head growing up. Um, It had different things, but like there was always a James and there was always a man with the cane. And I was just awesome (laughs) because that's how I roll. And so I put it to paper a little bit in like seventh or eighth grade and the kids loved it. But some adults told me that nobody, you can't make money being a writer unless you know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. And anyway, long story short, it ended up in the trash and I never thought about it again. Well, when COVID hit, I was having a really hard time because I was doing a job that was travel insurance. And I was the last person on the phone tree. And so a lot of people, you know, sharing their anxiety and their hatred and negativity and everything else. And even coming through a phone, I absorb people's energy. So I knew in order to be able to survive this, I had to balance something out, which meant I had to throw myself into something that I enjoyed to kind of balance out all the negativity. And so my friend said, you have to start writing again. And I said, I agree. My mom had just said that that I should write a fiction story because I really draw people in with my writing. And and I kind of laughed at the idea and was like, all right. And so I told my friend that and she was like, well, what stories do you have? And I said, none. But I did write this in middle school. And I guess this would, I don't know, it might be kind of cool. And she By the time I was done telling her about it, she was like, yes, yes, you have to write that. I would so read that. So then I typed up a couple of pages and the character Mario is actually a friend that lives here in the apartment complex. And he read it and he was like, this would be an epic trilogy. And I said, I'm sorry, it's not even a book. What are we talking about? (laughs) (laughs) But the idea was just so enthralling. I couldn't get it out of my head. So I was like, fine. 
So I know some things are going to happen between book two and book three. Um, but yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of Easter eggs and I think it'll be fun that by the time they get to book three, they'll be like, oh, that's what that was, you know. <laughs> Do you think you have more books in you or is this like, this is your trilogy and then you're going to go off and help other people publish? Oh girl, no, I will still write. I will always <laughs> write. I I have always been a writer as a kid, and the only regret, regret that I have is that I listened to too many people tell me that it wouldn't it wouldn't be worth it. And um, now that I'm writing again, and I've come out as an author, yeah, there's there's certain things in your life that you're there's no going back, and this is one of them. <laughs> yep, I fully support that. Go. <laughs> I like I like the phrase "come out as an author" too. I do too. I feel like. That's that's really cool. Well, in all honesty, I had published my two nonfiction books, but I still didn't feel like I could say that I was an author, which was hilarious because I published two freaking books, like, and people were buying them, like. But I still, I was like, which is why I started Bookish Chatter too, because I'm not a huge podcaster. Like I don't live in that world because I am so bad, except for like good ones like your guys's, I'll admit, I can actually stay focused through the whole thing. But oh, other you. things I start going, oh, I really need to get laundry done and I need to do this <laughs> and I need to do that. And, and I'm not, I've never been an audio person. So I listen to a few I have some go-tos. You guys are one of them. But but I also remember how terrible it was for my first book just because, like, I didn't know what I was doing. And I read all the books, and they all talked about how to get to where you push publish. And then I push publish, and I went, now what? And nobody <laughs> had any answers. And Or they just wouldn't talk about it, which cracked me up. I was like, seriously, you think I'm going to steal all your secrets? Come on now. So really, I find authors to be really open about that. They all seem to want to like share, like do this, try this. Well, I'm, it's getting better. That was back in like 2017. And I didn't even know that, like, even then there wasn't like this huge supportive community on Instagram. Now it is the only place I will hang out with because everybody is so cool on Instagram and they are because all these acronyms were coming up, ARC, beta team, um, the the right a month. And I was like, oh, my God, what is this? And so I kept reaching out to some go-to people. And I'm like, all right, I'm sorry, I'm dumb. What is this again? What does this stand for? Like, I don't, I don't even know. So I've come a long way from my first book to this is my fourth book for sure. And now I do find that it's not quite so locked down secrets that now I can pretty much go to just about anybody and they're like, you got a question? Heck yeah, let's sit down and talk about it. And that's how I am. So that's, I love that. Yeah, we got to get everyone out there and published. I mean, yeah, information. So if somebody does want to talk to you about publishing, look at that segue. Uh-huh. <laughs> so impressed. where can they find you? All right. So I am, like I said, I camp out on the IG um, on Instagram and my clients like to call me the story sharing guru, which just cracks me up. So that's my handle. (laughs) And 
Um, my website is chasing stormy and that's stormy with an eye. Thanks to my father.com. <laughs> and I am on Twitter and Facebook, but not nearly as much. So I would say, um, you can access me through the website. You can send me a direct message through Instagram. If you reach out to me, I'm pretty good unless it's a different time zone and I'm sleeping. I will I will tell you I, I like I need my beauty sleep, so I will not respond until I wake up. <laughs> I try not to text in my sleep either if bad things happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs>